Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. Oh, man, I'm excited, guys. Are you excited? Hey, I just want to say, you guys here at C3 Calgary Central, I'm pretty sure you've got some of the best campus pastors or location pastors in the planet. Pastors Stephen and Brittany, they've got a heart for people. They've got a heart for Calgary. And I know that if you're willing to slipstream yourselves under their vision, your life is going to benefit from it. I can guarantee you. Uh, so give it up for Pastors Stephen and Brittany Flight. Best of the best. Does this thing raise? Hang on. Great teamwork. Thank you, Lyndon. Oh, plays guitar, leads worship, and helps set up music stands. Bring his word. I've got an exciting word. I've got too big of a Bible for the stand. This could be dangerous. We're going to need some miracles to keep this thing standing up. Uh, This is exciting for me. This is my first time preaching to people in like 19 months. So I'm used to seeing this little lens that I'm looking at. Camera is exciting. If you want, I I love the culture of shouting people down. So I don't get that from a camera as much. But if I make a funny joke, then laugh. If I don't, laugh anyways, because I need your help. But um, let me pray before we get into the word this morning. Father, I thank you that you're here in this place. God, I thank you that you're strong and mighty. God, ideas that you're going to move uh, through your word, uh, I thank you that heaven's open in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 I, there's this interesting passage in uh, John 21. If you brought your Bible, you can turn to John 21, because that's what I'm going to be speaking out of. Uh, and it's this wild little spot right before uh, the early church was birthed, where uh, the disciples find themselves uh, at a familiar place, and Jesus shows up in their world. And I believe that this message is going to help some people today. Uh, it's, I called it Let's Go Fishing because, uh, you know, love a good fishing time in northern Ontario. Maybe you're here and you're like, yeah, but I, I want to be used by God or I, I want to see God show up in my world, but I'm feeling uncertain. Maybe the past 18 months have made you lack a little bit of confidence that God's going to do something through your life and through your world. Maybe the past 18 months have made you begin to question, like, about it. see God doing something, but I don't know what. I want to know what's next. I want to be confident about it, but I'm not really sure how to get there. I believe that heaven's going to open up and touch our hearts today, and God's going to minister to us through his word uh, and, and equip us with what's next. So, in this story, in John 21, Jesus died, he's resurrected, and he's shown up a couple times to the disciples. And even in John 20, he, he breathed on them and he said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Uh, and, and he commissioned them uh, to go out. And John 21, let's just read the passage. 
So we'll start at the start. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened in this valley. The sons of Zebedee and Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee. The sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. Well, that's a good spot to be, together. This is like, like gathering is so important. Here we are in this place. We're together. This is a great spot, Simon Peter told them. We'll go with you. So they went out and got on the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Early in the depressing feeling. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was them. And he called out to them, friends, haven't you caught any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll, you will find some. When they did this, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fists. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him and he jumped into the water. He went up to the shore and he found Jesus. Disciples, if you don't know this, this is actually the very same spot, like three years earlier, that a bunch of these disciples were hanging out, doing their thing. They were, they were out fishing in a boat and in uh, in Mark chapter 1, same story actually happens in Matthew and in Luke, in all the synoptic gospels, they're in the same spot. And it says, and as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw Simon and Andrew's brother casting a net into the sea. And they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. So they're in this exact same spot, doing the exact same thing, but three years of seeing uh, water turned to wine, three years of seeing thousands of people fed from small amounts, three years of seeing demons cast out, three years of following this man's ministry and, and, and expecting something to happen a certain way, and then everything changed. And it's like, what? It did, that didn't go the way we expected. Like, yes, Jesus rose again, but it didn't happen in months of things not disciples expected it to happen. And we're coming through 18 months of things not happening the way that we were expecting them to happen. But I still believe God's going to use this church to do something incredible in Calgary. I still believe that God can use me to see mighty works come about. And the called I want to encourage us with out of this passage is remember who God has called you to be. The disciples forgot that God had called them to be fishers of men. And so they went back to just being fishermen. It's funny that it's kind of part of our design. Have you noticed that when you return to a place from like a long time ago, that all these memories come flooding back to like whenever I'm at a wedding, all these memories of my, my wedding with Vanessa come flooding back to my mind. God uses familiar places and familiar locations to bring memories back to us. And I feel like he did that in this moment. There's this miraculous catch of fish that's the exact same thing that I've called you to something different, Peter. I haven't called you to just fish for fish. I've called you to fish for people. But we do this all the time. We forget that God's called us to something beyond just the day-to-day -day habitual things. And we, and we get back to what's comfortable. I do this all the time. I've done this through the pandemic. Is I by people that I've got I've been frustrated by social media posts. I've been frustrated by people saying things about me that are misinterpreted or mis misread. I've been frustrated by the way the world is going. And so what I've done is I've just gone back to what's comfortable. 
I'm like, I'm just going to plug away. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I forget about the fact that God wants to remember that God has called you to something. And I'm going to suggest, I'm going to guess that it's something to do with being a disciple maker. That God has called every single one of us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. God, I'm guessing it's something to do with being an image bearer. We're called to bear the image of God. So it doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're just going to meet him today. That God actually has called you and he's chosen you to bear his image here in Calvary. YYC, the best place on the world. <laughs> Ephesians second best. I'm biased. I'm from Toronto. It's the center of the universe. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, not really. I'm actually, verse 8 says, you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Therefore, live as children of light. We need to be this way, church. Let's not get caught up in the mundane things. Let's not return to what we used to know, because we need to recognize that God has called us to something. God has called us to influence Calgary. God has called us to influence our workplaces. God has called us to influence maybe your school or your classroom or wherever you're at. God has placed you there specifically to make a difference. He wants to use you and all he's looking for, it isn't a gift mix. It isn't like time enough of the following him. It's just a willingness to say yes and obey. It's a willingness to say, yeah, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way. I'm not going to do it my way. But it's easy to forget that God's called us. So I want to remind us that God has called us to something. Remember who God's called you to be. There's some practical things that we can do to help remind us. Things like spending time every day in prayer. This helps remind me as I spend time sitting in God's presence every day. It reminds me that God has vision and purpose over my life. It reminds me that whatever is going on in the world, God is still in control. That as I spend time greater than what I'm going through, and at the end of the day, he's in control. Our, our time in the word helps remind us that God's called us to something. Because what happens is we, we read this and we get inspired. We see stories not we don't read scripture through the lens of what's going on in, in culture, but we read scripture and we notice if, if this is what it meant to them, then it has created something to me. That as we spend time in the word, we can be reminded that God has created mankind, that he, had he, he's made us in his image and that he's called us to go and, and tend to the soil. He's called us to go out and, and, and gather the, the harvest, that God has vision for the little things that help remind us who we're called to be is connection in church community. This is why the church is so important, guys. This, I would encourage you, if you're here in this room, consider yourself part of the C3 Calgary Central team, okay? You're here, and I'm going to say you're part of the team. Like, you, you don't need any qualifications. You just need a qualification of I'm willing, I'm willing and I'm obedient, and I'm willing to grow. Because God uses foolish people to do miraculous things. I only know this because, like, who the heck am I? I, I used to be an engineer, and now I'm a pastor. And for Joseph, Pastor Stephen said eight faith-filled people moved across the country. I think eight crazy people <laughs> chose to move across the country to Toronto. I, I didn't have much of a gift mix, but I said, you know what? If God wants to use me, I'm just going to say yes. 
And I'm telling you, if you're here in this room, you're part of the team, and God wants to use you, and your only responsibility is to say, okay, God, how do you want to use me? And you could be here thinking, you're like, yeah, okay, I've done these things. I, I pray, I read my Bible, I've stayed committed in church community, but I'm still wondering, I'm still uncertain what's next. Uh, so what? What do I do? Well, the second thought out of the passage is just give it another go. Just try again. I love the full night of hard work. Jesus knows how fruitless their, their labor has been through the night. He knows probably how tired they were. He knows how much time they've spent trying to do something that's amounted to nothing. And yet he stands on the shore and speaks into their disappointment. And he says, throw it his way on the right side of the boat and you will find some fish. And when they did it his way, they're unable to haul in the net because of the fish. When we do things as God calls us to do them, then we will, might have done it a hundred ways to Sunday. You might have done it in your own strength over and over again. But God is in this place and he's standing on some shorelines and he's saying, would you have another go doing it my way? Would you consider joining the team here at C3 Central? Would you consider maybe stepping out and giving again. You're like, yeah, but I tried that before. But there's a chance that we were trying it on our own strength. Because I don't know about you, I do that all the time. I, I, I work things out. I, we can even take the principles of the Bible and we can do them in our own way. We can do them in our own strength and we can get frustrated that it doesn't bear fruit. When we do it, we work all night. And I bet even if they worked all night and they caught a bunch of fish, probably wouldn't have felt all that good because Jesus wasn't with them. But as soon as he stood at the shore and he said, hey, do it this way, they caught this miraculous. It's like if we're working things out in our own way, our work will feel fruitless even if there is fruit in it. And maybe that's the frustration that a lot of us are facing, is for the past 18 months, we've just been doing things our own way, we've been doing things in our own minds, we've been doing things along our own pathway, and we're frustrated because it's like, I, I, things seem to be working out, but I'm not experiencing the joy that I used to be experiencing. Let me encourage you that God is on the edge of the shore calling you to try again, and he's calling you to do it this his way. I have... Uh, Nearly fun, he's an adventurer, little Nathaniel. Uh, he's a legend. He is a lot of fun. He's an adventurer. Uh, but he's trying to work everything out. I, he, might, he might be an engineer one day. Like, he, whenever you give him a toy, he spins it in every direction. He examines it. If there's buttons on it, he's, like, figuring out what each of the buttons do. And he tries to figure things out. But... The thing is, is it's a lot easier when daddy's around to figure things out. He'd go up to like our baby gate and he'll shake it. No success. He'll go up to the door handle and he'll just barely be able to reach it. And he tries to do it, but he just doesn't. When I'm around, he can look, he knows that he can look to me and he can say, hey, can you, can you, can you show me again how to open this door? Or can you show me how to open this gate? And, and I can help him. But sometimes I just stand in the distance because I'm like, no, Nate, you can do this. You're figuring it out. And I feel like that's God sometimes. He's this distance from us, frustrated, trying to work things out. And he's like, no, you can do this. 
Like, you got, just try again. Just do it the way you were doing it. It was the right way that you were doing it, but you just need to put a little bit more effort in. God wants into the details of our day-to-day much fruit. Things his way. Me, his way, and let's see. Whole branch can bear fruit by. Dean says this, remain in me. As I also remain in you, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. No wonder our works are fruitless outside of God. No wonder when we've been trying to make it happen our own way, it's felt frustrating. No wonder when we've been going after, chasing the next step of the corporate ladder, but we haven't been doing it God's way. No wonder we felt a sense of frustration. No wonder we haven't been, if we're honest with ourselves, we haven't been truly submitted to what God is asking us to do. No wonder we felt frustrated. Guess what? We have no power to make it happen. If your relationship, maybe you're married and your relationship is struggling and you've gone to self-help seminars, you've gone to marriage counseling and you're trying to work things out and God is saying, would you turn to me in your world and do it my way? Would you trust me and see fruit happen in your world? We need to lean in to God. We need to have another go his way and see a miraculous result. God might be taking us somewhere that we felt like we've been before, but he's doing it to remind us of who we are. We might be sitting here figuring out what's next for me, and God might be asking us, hey, just try that same thing again. Like maybe you're like, I've served in church teams before, and I was, you know, frustrated. I got burnt out a little bit. And God's saying, hey, give it another go. This is a good, God wants to build you here, but he is a good leadership team that, and, and things are hell of God wants to build you here, but he needs us to t- take that risky step of trusting that he wants to do st- stuff. But guess what? All of this stuff is completely pointless if we do it with us. Recognize that God is with you. Peter's eyes are open and he sees Jesus. And God restores him straight after that. And then he goes out and builds the church, grows it from 100 to 3,000 in a moment through the power of the Holy Spirit. But I have a sense that Peter went back to fishing. He went back to what was comfortable because things weren't going the way that Peter had expected them to go. And there was maybe even a chance that Peter felt a little bit of shame and a little bit of frustration because Peter had done something that he had, he had made a commitment before God. So, and he had gone back on, verse 33 says this, it says, Peter replied to Jesus, even if all fall away on account of you, Jesus, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. And yet, just as Jesus said it would happen, it happened. And then, and then Jesus wasn't with Peter every moment of every day. After that time that he denied him, it's like Jesus died and he rose again. 
But he wasn't in the day-to-day, the week-to-week of what Peter was doing. Peter spent three years was at. He was at the Jesus' closest dude. He was, he was at everything that Jesus was at. He was at the transfiguration. He was, he was standing with him uh, just behind him in the garden. He even cut a freaking guy's ear off, right? He was in the midst of what Jesus was doing. And then all of a sudden... He doubles back on this commitment and he sees it as like now God's not in everything. Like he called me to be a fisher of men, but I don't know how to do it without him here every moment of every day. And this might be what we're feeling like is God's called us to something, but we don't know how to do it when he's not in every moment of every day. He's not, he's not showing up the way back on a commitment that you made to God. This is me. You're like, but Greg, you're a pastor. You don't like make commitments before God that you double back on. Absolutely, this happens. I, 11 year, 12, I don't know, 2011, when was that? 10 years ago, there was this conference in Kuala Lumpur. Vanessa and I went to a C3 Global Conference. And there was a moment, there was an altar call moment that Pastor Phil Pringle, the leader of the C3 movement across the globe, said, if come up to the front if you want to be part of a church plant in the next two years. And Vanessa and I both, with so much passion, with so much vigor, we shot up out of our seats and we ran to the front to be part of this. And in that moment, I made a commitment before God. I said, God, I'm never going to lose my passion for your church. I'm never going to lose this sense of purpose for building your house. But if I was honest with you, Over the past 18 months, there's been a sense in me that's like, is this really worth it? Like, Sundays being free has actually been pretty great. And that I have, (laughs) Lord, I'm never going to lose the passion that I have for building your church. And then 18 months of a pandemic, I'm like, do I really want to be part of what you're doing in Toronto, God? I don't know if I can go back to what he called me to be before I made this promise and I let him down. I'm telling you, God is at the standing at the shore and he's ready to commission some people and he's ready to equip some people and he's ready to say, no, I'm still using you to build my church in Cal. I still want to do something great through your life and through your world. Would you just be willing to come to me to repent a little bit, to have a moment in my presence, and be commissioned and built up to go see the city of Calgary change. The vision of this church, I'm convinced, because it's the vision of God's church, is to feed Calgary. Now in habits from the past that God has called us out of, i.e. to go fishing again. Now is not the time to do things in our own strength that God has called this community to faith. God has called this community to be passionate about the vision of God's church in Calgary. God has called this community to go out on mission for Him, relevant way, to see downtown reach, to see people worshiping Jesus in a real and relevant way and he wants to use you and I well maybe not me I'm in Toronto Ontario but he wants to use you and all we need to do is be willing to say yes all we need to do but the very first to choose that yeah God God will acknowledge me today can't do this without him so right here as as we're coming to a close you know we can we can be reminded of who we are we can give another go. We can even 
be in our, in, think we're in the right headspace, but if we do it outside of the context of relationship with Jesus, then we're going to fall short every single time. So I want to take a moment here at the end to just invite you in to consider committing your life to Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've made this decision before, but you know in your heart of hearts that you've turned away. Maybe you've never made this decision before and you're like, I was just invited to this church by a friend, but I feel like there's, there is. This is the best decision that we can make, a decision to follow Jesus. It, I'm not going to promise that it makes life easy, but it just makes things feel right because God has an answer for you. We can't do this without him. And he needs us to trust him. He needs us to choose to follow him. And he needs us to do things his way. So as we come to a close here, can I just ask every single person, just close your eyes and bow your head. Maybe you're here and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus. You've never made this decision. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.